a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you in the Hill Country, and uh, just a beautiful morning. Hey, a heads up to those who are traveling this morning between Fredericksburg and uh, and Kerrville on Highway 16. Um, they are uh, just south of uh, Fredericksburg at Dead Man's Curve. There is uh, they're down to one lane. And so, um, you know, if you get up this morning and you're running a little late and you realize that you don't have enough gas to get to Fredericksburg and that your left rear tire is a little bit low, um, you're going to have a challenging morning trying to get to work on time, which was exactly what happened to me. So I came running in here about three minutes ago, but we're really glad to be here. Man, have we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to have Sheriff David Clark. Uh, from Milwaukee County, uh, uh, Sheriff um, on the line with us today, and uh, really looking forward to that. Tomorrow we've got a great show for you, a guy you've probably never heard of, but uh, you're going to be impressed with this guy. His name is Alex Volenvine, and um, he's got a project on uh, Buy American, and uh, I'm very impressed with what he's doing, and we're going to have him on the air tomorrow. But right now, what's most important is what's right in front of us, and that's my good friend Jody Gould at the Tejas Smoke Depot. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? Man, we are. Life is good. So, um, folks, Jody and her husband David are the proprietors of the Tejas Smoke Depot, and they have been supporters of this program since almost day one, the very beginning. In fact, we were talking about what their... Um, what their phrase that pays was a year ago. They can actually remember those things. Um, and uh, so that's real good. But uh, Jody is the uh, proprietor of the Tejas Smoke Depot. Tell us about your products that you carry at the Tejas Smoke Depot, Jody. Well, Matt, you know, we're a tobacco store, so we carry a whole giant line of tobacco products, fine cigars, under-premium cigars, cigarettes, pipe tobaccos, roll-your-own tobaccos, snuff chews, old school snuff, you know, the kind that's powdery. Mm-hmm. Um, never really liked that stuff, but... <laughs> Isn't that our stuff our grannies all talked? Out there. Yeah, there's still a few. Yeah, okay. grannies out there. Um, let's see, we carry a, line of, a nice line of CBD products. Um, of course, all the accessories that go along with tobacco smoking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I left anything out. Well, um, you got you you have snacks and ding dongs and and uh, beers and wines and ice and the local uh, not so standard newspaper. Yes, we have all those fine things and bandanas and sunglasses and bumper stickers and just any kind of little thing that we think is might be fun to sell. It's uh, always an adventure walking into the store. You never know what you might find. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we've been doing this for 25 years, and it's changed a lot. We were just talking about it the other day and yep. how the tobacco world has turned into, you know, a, a whole new world of um, 
e-cigarette smoking predominantly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more people using electronic products these days, and we carry a big line of those also. There you go. So, yeah, so we're, uh, we're, we're looking forward to this weekend. A lot of people coming in for the fair. We love mentioning the fair every year because it's one of our favorite times of year here in Fredericksburg. And uh, I actually have my grandchildren here. Uh, we're homeschooling this week, and so they wanted to say hi, if that's okay. Absolutely. Bring them on. Okay. This is my granddaughter, Zita Joe. Say hi, Zita. Hi. Hi, Zita. How are you, girl? And then this is my grandson, Ezekiel. Say hi. 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 Man, I'm telling you what, it's a family affair down there. You got more of them? <laughs> no, everybody else is in school. Ah, uh, okay. The homeschool ones, and um, I'm I'm the reading teacher. So, so are the kids? Uh, are you taking the kids to Ted Nugent on uh, Saturday night? One of them. Actually, one of, one them? of them is going. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> all right. That's good. Going, That's so, good. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all excited, excited about that. Yes, that <laughs> and the uh, the fair this weekend. It's going to be great, folks. Um, you need to support people that support us. The 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 folks that support the Patriots need to be supported by Patriots, and so. I'm going to give you some directions. In Fredericksburg, if you're on Main Street, head west on uh, Main Street till you get to the Y at the end of town and go to the left, bear to the left at the Y, and down a wee bit on the left, you will see the Fred, the uh, Tejas Smoke Depot. they got a lovely front porch. When the weather cools down a little bit, we'll have to just go out there and sit on the porch for a while. Uh-huh. And um, if the uh, you got your kids in the truck, then just go ahead and make a counterclockwise drive around the building. Pull yourself right up to the drive-by window and... Uh, Dave or Jody or John or one of their awesome employees will stick their head out and be glad to get you whatever you need. And also, a special just for our listeners. You're special. So if you go in and you make a purchase and you tell Jody that you heard her on the radio and you know the phrase that pays, that will get you a discount as well as getting your name in the hat for a monthly drawing. So, Jody, um, tell us uh, what the phrase that pays is. Well, because it's fair weekend, we always try to find something that would be easy to remember. Okay. <laughs> so the kids picked this one, and it is corn dogs and cotton candy. Corn dogs and cotton candy. There is your phrase that pays. And um, um, I'm telling you, folks, go by, give these guys a visit. And, um, Jody, it's always good to have you on the air. We appreciate it, and we appreciate your support. And, uh, folks, go over and support those who support us. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Matt, and have a great day. We will. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we get back, uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Sheriff David Clark of uh, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, on the line with us. Y'all stay tuned. Folks, uh, we are back. Uh, by the way, you can find these programs. Uh, we're on the, the uh, air five days a week. Of course, you know that. And uh, for about a week, you can uh, find these programs up on the hillcountrypatriot.com. And after that, go to many numerous podcast sites where I have posted the Matt Long Show. 
Right now we have a very special guest, and I'm very excited. We have on the line with us Sheriff David Clark, uh, Milwaukee County uh, uh, ex-retired Sheriff David Clark. Uh, welcome to the Matt Long Show, sir. Well, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Hello and good morning to your listeners. They are. Thank you very much. So, uh, Sheriff Clark, uh, we I kind of doubt it, but we may have some listeners who are saying, well, I have no idea who Sheriff David Clark is. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, and how you became to be a little bit prominent over the last few years? Sure, briefly, and, and I say briefly because I try not to make this about me. It's about the fight for freedom and liberty, mm-hmm. the mission that I'm on right now since I retired as sheriff of Milwaukee County. Born and raised in Milwaukee, educated here. And I spent 40 years in law enforcement, 24 years with the city of Milwaukee Police Department, and then nearly 16 years as the elected sheriff of uh, Milwaukee County. So most of my working adult life have been in law enforcement. Um, you know, I, I, I went on this, this mission to fight for freedom and liberty throughout the United States, as well as to protect the honor, service, and sacrifice of the American police officer, because both are under siege right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been to the detriment of our republic. So I stay committed to that. And uh, anything else that anybody really wants to know, you can get my book, Cop Under Fire. The subtitle is uh, Beyond Hashtags of Race, Crime, and Politics for a Better America. Or they can go to my uh, the website of my nonprofit. I started a nonprofit, Rise Up Wisconsin. It's a grassroots community organizing uh, effort for the individual uh, so you can go to riseupwisconsin.com, and also you can go to uh, americasheriff.com. There should be a bio on there, and, and uh, you can see what I've been up to and, and, and what has really shaped my life. All right. We appreciate that. So you, uh, it sound, what, what I've been doing for about the last, oh, since about 2012 is working on citizen engagement. How do we get the citizens of the United States, that, that your everyday working uh, citizen, to get up and become involved in self-governance. And um, first of all, a lot of our listeners, a lot of people don't even know what that self-governance means. Uh, you're engaged in trying to get citizen engagement. Uh, Use that word many two times. Um, is there? Have you found any kind of magic solution to getting uh, uh, your everyday citizen to get up off the couch and get involved in self-governance? Yeah, it's difficult. And what's happened is just these are just my views, by the way, uh, from a very uh, close-up perch, if you will, to to the world. But what's happened over time is we've turned over much of what used to be on the individual. We've turned it over to government. We've let government run our lives. It's just easier, right? We we elect people, uh, and then we expect them to go to the Capitol or Washington D.C. and and work on our behalf. Um, that doesn't work anymore because special interests have moved in, lobbyists have moved in, big money has moved in, and they have taken the place of the individual. So it becomes a group process instead of an individual process, which is why I started rise up Wisconsin, but no, there's no, there's no magic pill. It's just going to take hard work. It's going to take persistence and a continued reminder to people that a Republic like ours, the constitutional Republic works best with citizen participation. And once you turn that over to somebody that you really don't know, look, most of the people that we go and vote for, we don't know them. We never met them. Mm -hmm. We see stuff on TV 
you know, we might hear from them on the radio in an interview, but we really don't know who they are. And you should turn over something as important as representation uh, to somebody you don't know. I mean, you wouldn't go to a lawyer if you, if you needed to go into a court of law and you needed a lawyer's expertise. You wouldn't turn it over to them without first sitting down with them and getting to know them and making sure that they're going to work in your best interest, because that's where we're, we're losing this republic right now, is that the people that we've elected to work in our best interest are actually working against us. Mm, and I'm telling you what, that is a true, a hard truth for t- people to swallow, that, um, that, you know, that really nice guy, you know, the one that comes around every four years or two years and sits down and has coffee with you and, and just makes you feel so good, it's hard for us, just regular people, to 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 to, to realize that these guys they they kind of most of them have their own self interests um, before the interest of the citizen. So one of the in one of the things that's woken up a lot of folks over the last year, especially here in Texas, and and it's true across the country as well, is uh, parental involvement in their schools. Um, that has been a real local, I think it's a good entry-level way for people to get engaged with um, with their government, um, starting at the school level. What are you guys seeing where you live? Um, I'm assuming you live in Wisconsin. I'm not even sure where you live right now, but what are the schools and the parents uh, looking like where you live and are parents getting engaged in your area? Sure. I'm, I'm still living in Wisconsin. I did a little stint out in Washington, D.C. when uh, I moved out there to help the president, President Trump, after he got elected. It was a surrogate for America First, the super PACs. And I was uh, traveling the country speaking to conservative groups about the president's policies, promoting those policies. But anyway, back home, because everything really uh, gets going at ground level doesn't happen in Washington, D.C. It doesn't even happen in, in many of the state capitals. It happens in the communities. It happens in the neighborhoods. And let's be honest, parents have been missing in action in, in involvement in schools. It goes back to what I initially said about how we turn this over to people and we think, well, they'll, they'll work in our best interest because they said we would or they said they would. So we elect school board members. And not only that, but we take our kids, we drop them off at the schoolhouse door, and then we turn around and leave and don't pick them up till later that afternoon. We don't know what the heck's going on in these schools, but, you know, we trust them. We're good people, right? Mm-hmm. We trust these, these, these teachers and school officials are going to do the things that I want done in terms of the development and education of my child. But then, uh, and I think if there was one silver lining out of the pandemic, it's that the virtual learning that schools went to allowed parents a peek inside the classroom and what they saw shook them to their very core as mm-hmm. to what was going on. It was no longer about the ABCs and, and, and uh, math and, and reading, writing and science. It was about indoctrination to a socialist ideology, a warped ideology that included critical race theory and then this gender stuff nonsense that's going on. So uh, again, you know, it, it happens best at the ground grassroots level. And I think that it, this ground up, uh, you know, action that's going on right now through parent groups, I'm working with a couple of them here to make changes and get control back of their school board. You know, these, these elected officials at, at all levels, but we're talking about schools right now, and school mm-hmm. boards, many of them are elected. They forgot about this simple concept that they derive their authority and power through the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. That's us. That's mm-hmm. we the people. That's the parents. That's the voter. So 
so on and so forth. And they forgot about that. And instead of serving us, they're ruling us. They're ruling over us. They're lording over us. And so I'm glad to see that a fire has been ignited under these parents. To, and, and we're seeing this is how you have to, you know, this is how you have to be, behave if you're going to get control of your school, your government, uh, whether it be the, the local, federal, or, or state government. You're going to have to engage these people and remind them. And sometimes you're going to have to be willing to pound the desk because initially they're going to look at you and like, well, eventually they'll go away. Look, we mm-hmm. haven't seen these people in decades. All right. And so it's now to the point where I think the, the parents have the attentions of the school officials at least, and then you can build from there. But if they're not listening to you, you know, all you're really doing is making noises. First, you got to get their attention. Then once you get their attention – then you go about getting through their thick heads what you want for your children and reminding them these are our children. These are not your children. Mm. These are our children, and here's what we want done in terms of their development. Well, maybe you can give us some advice. You're, uh, the uh, audience you're speaking to right now is a very rural audience, um, and uh, so in, in our small towns out here in the country, um, everybody knows everybody, or almost everybody knows almost everybody, and so it's it's difficult to for some people to stand up against or to even just make a stand in front of the school board because they're afraid of uh, either losing their place in society or making one of their friends at church angry. Um, what do you have any advice on parents who are hesitant maybe to speak up because they just uh, they they just don't want to stand up and 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 be in in a small town and expose themselves sure um look you know when we started this conversation you and i and introducing myself you know i said and i I really believe this i said this isn't about me and so what people have to realize when they're struggling with this it is hard look i understand that i was in the belly of the beast as an elected official continually being attacked uh uh, here in, in not only in, in the Milwaukee area, but once my profile went national, nationally, I'm attacked and scorned and so on and so forth. But what I continually did and do to this day is remind myself that this isn't about me. Mm. So for, for the parent groups out there that are hesitant, because I get it, you know, there's a lot at stake. And what you should remind yourself, first of all, go and look in the mirror and say, this isn't about you. This is about my children. This is about my community. And so it's going to take some self-sacrifice. And I I realize a person has to get to that. You don't wake up one morning and and all of a sudden have this this steeled will, if you you will, if you want to say it that way. You don't become, you know, this this strong, independent and and demanding individual. So what I suggest people do, and it's what I did with mom groups, you know, parent groups, mainly with moms, Mm -hmm. is I said, you got to build a critical mass first. There are a lot of moms out there that are feeling like you and, and don't know that there are a lot of other moms out there. Build a critical mass of people. So when you show up at a school board meeting, you know, every once in a while you'll see where one mom will come and she'll take the, the, the podium and take over the meeting and do a fantastic job. And she'll be doing it by herself. And you can see the people in the crowd saying, yeah, you go get them. Yeah, that's easy to do. But if you don't have that kind of uh, self-confidence, Build a critical mass of people. Go to a school board meeting with a group of moms, okay, mm. and take that critical mass. And that will instill confidence in everybody in the group. So that's what I, I, where I would start. Build a critical mass. 
have conversations with your neighbors and people in your church, so on and so forth. And you'll find out and you'll be surprised. Oh, you feel that way? Hey, I've been feeling that way for a long time. I didn't know. I thought I was the only one. Mm. And when you build that critical mass, that's when you can make a difference. And also you become more confident that way with, you know, you're surrounded by like-minded individuals. Man, I'm boy. I sure appreciate that, uh, uh, Dave, uh, Mr. Clark, Sheriff Clark. That's a, a amazing um, advice. Um, we need to take a short break. I'm hoping you can stick around with us. I have a couple of questions about our current resident in Washington and town. Let's see, term limits and uh, um, uh, sheriffs. The role of sheriffs. Can you stick around with us? Sure. All right, folks. Y'all stay tuned. I have. Sheriff David Clark, uh, retired uh, Sheriff David Clark, and uh, y'all go check out riseupwisconsin.com. I've got the website up right now. I'm telling you, there's some good stuff on there. Riseupwisconsin.com, and uh, check out his book, Cop Under Fire, and uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. I have on the line with me uh, Sheriff uh, David Clark, uh, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Milwaukee County, uh, retired now uh, from that job, but definitely still a very hardworking man. Uh, Y'all go check out Rise Up Wisconsin. I know, I know it doesn't say Rise Up Texas, but that's all right. It says Rise Up Wisconsin and uh, .com. Excellent little website. I really like uh, the material that's on there. So yesterday, let's get back to education, Sheriff Clark. Yesterday, our president said, you know, 12 years just isn't enough time. We, we need to get your kids when they're three years old, and, and then we need to not only add a couple of years there, but we need to just go ahead and educate them for another four years after that. So let's see, what are we looking at? 18 years that our uh, current resident of the White House wants your, your kids? What do you think about that? Yeah, first of all, before I get into that, you know, when you opened up by talking about Rise Up Wisconsin, it doesn't say Rise Up Texas. Don't worry about that. We <laughs> need to help each other. I'm a big states' rights guy, and I think each individual state needs this kind of movement. I got the idea from Michigan. They have a, 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 a nonprofit there called Stand Up Michigan. So, mm-hmm. you know, steal it. Nothing's copyrighted here. Start your own uh, citizen grassroots organizing effort and name it what you want and then run with it as it relates to uh what's going on in our country right now with uh this current uh group of of socialist uh control freaks in washington dc and you know what it's both parties let's be honest Mm -hmm. um this is all about mind control and the earlier you can get to these kids this this mission that the left has been on has been going on for about 50 years all you got to do is go back to Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals and there's a chapter in that book it's an easy read by the way rules for radicals Saul Alinsky and it's a socialist handbook and he's got a chapter in there about uh, how you start in the schools with the indoctrination of kids and then these kids grow up with this mindset by the time they become young adults They've already been transferred over into a, um, a socialist counterculture type uh, environment. And so that's why this, this mission there, and you know what? It started with this, uh, I shouldn't say started with, it had everything to do with the school lunch program, mm-hmm. a government program, get people, parents and kids early on, get them indoctrinated into government help. It was all, it has always been the responsibility of parents to feed your children. Now, 
I understand some people run into economic trouble, and we have some government programs for that. You know, uh, the WIC program, Women, Infant, Infant and Children, you can buy formula and mm -hmm. uh, food and so on and so forth. We have um, food stamp programs. I get that, and I'm all for helping people. But in the schools, it, it, it accomplished two things. Number one, it got people uh, to start to think that, hey, it's the government's job to feed your kids, not your own. Mm. All right. And so they're kind of loosening your child away from you that way. And also what it did was it creates more Democrat voters. These, mm. these programs have to be run by union workers and the union workers are more likely to vote Democrat. Mm. So they accomplished two objectives there. But the thing is that parents have to realize they got to be, you know, at the ready. You can't fall asleep at the switch like they've been for the last 30, 40, 50 years as it relates to K-12 public education in America, and realize that it's your responsibility to keep up. I understand teachers have expertise. You know, might be a, a math major or something like that, a science major that you don't have, and you want your kid to be educated in, in those uh, subjects. But I'll tell you what, you can't just turn them over, drop them off in the morning and pick them up at night and not be engaged into what's going on inside that classroom. So that's what this is all about. It's about getting a hold of these kids at an earlier and earlier and earlier age. And that's also what's behind the uh, K-4. And now they're talking about K-3, mm. kindergarten, uh, third, and, and fourth. It's pretty soon it's going to be right out of the womb where they're going to take control of your child and then indoctrinate them into these socialist ways. And then that's kind of how they're going to take this whole damn thing over. So, um, look, this is some scary stuff. And, and, and forget about... You know, you hear, ah, it's a conspiracy theory. No, it's not a conspiracy theory. I can back everything up that I say with documentation, with research, and with fact. Mm. And whether the, whether the progressives know it or not, they are actually, they are actually uh, following a, a biblical line that says, raise up your child in a, in a manner, and he will not depart from it. And so... They don't know it, but that is a truth that we as Christians know, that how you raise your child is the product you get as an adult, and they, the progressives, they want to take that away from you. So can we switch over to um, sheriffs, the role of sheriffs? Um, Sheriff Richard Mack uh, lived here in uh, Gillespie County for a while, and we got to know Sheriff Mack, and uh, he's got this program about constitutional sheriffs, Tell us a little bit about what you believe the role of sheriffs is in a, in, in, in what, what is their role in the county? Well, it's to keep the peace. I mean, that's what the, the, the early formation of sheriffs, you know, it comes out of the English common law. And it's uh, the, actually the term uh, sheriff is derived from an English common law term, shire reeds. Communities were organized into uh, shires. And that's why you'll hear some, you know, towns and cities named like Lincolnshire or, mm -hmm. you know, some other name like that. And the Reeves were the ones who uh, collected the taxes for the king. So the the, the king was the sovereign in, under, under British common law. The king is the sovereign. And the Reeve was the person who collected the taxes and kind of kept the peace. All right. Law and order, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So that's the role that that's where the idea came from. You know, British, English common law, British common, English common law. So in today's society, 
you know, some of that is the same, and all we don't we don't collect the taxes for the king or for the government, but we keep the peace. But I'm, I want people to, to understand, because I get asked this question a lot, what's the role of sheriff? These are shared powers, right? Sheriffs are not absolute. There are some sheriffs that think they are. When you start to think that way, then what you're basically saying is, as a sheriff, I'm the law. No, the sheriff's not the law. The law's the law. Mm-hmm. The governor's not the law. The legislature uh, isn't the law. The law is the law. So you have these shared powers, and, and, and I'm hearing things, and I've been hearing it you know, my whole time as sheriff, that you know, sheriffs should go out and arrest these federal officials, and, and I just say, well, slow down a little bit. And we start talking about the Constitution. First of all, the Constitution mentions nothing about sheriffs, nothing. I, I challenge anybody. Mm-hmm. To read the Constitution, it doesn't take that long. By the way, I think September 17th is Constitution Day. We're coming up on it. Read mm-hmm. the Constitution. You won't even see the, the term sheriff. All right. We have a, a three-system, a three-chamber system of government. The legislature's passed the law. The executive carries out the law. It's passed by the legislature. Mm-hmm. The courts determine any disputes. Basically, sheriffs are part of the executive branch in that we carry out the law. We don't make the law. We don't determine what the law is. The legislature does. And if we have a problem with it, we go to courts to uh, settle that dispute. We don't go to sheriffs or other individuals in the government to make the determination. And that's the way the founding fathers wanted it. And I kind of like it, equal powers, shared powers. So if if, if, if some sheriff decides, well, I'm a constitutional sheriff and I'm going to decide what is constitutional and what is not. No. Courts of law decide what is constitutional and what is not. As a matter of fact, for some sheriff to to feel that they should be able to make that determination unilaterally, well, then they're not constitutionalists because that's not our, how our constitution says that we resolve these disputes. What a sheriff should do, and I've had to do this, if you think that there's a, a, a problem with some ordinance or local law or state law or whatever, federal law that's been passed, go to your corporation counsel, your state attorney, your state attorney general, and say, I want an opinion on this because I have some problems with it and I think it violates what the Constitution says. That's how we handle it in an orderly society. Otherwise, we're going to let one person, a sheriff, be the ultimate arbiter in these situations, that's not called a constitutional republic. That's called a uh, dictatorship. So, mm. you know, I, I, you, you got to be a little careful with, with this, you know, getting too out, far out in front of your skis. I don't mean you. I'm talking mm-hmm. about people when they say, wow, sheriffs, and they should be able, yeah, there's a role for sheriffs and it's prominent, but you got to get other people involved. You know, get a determined, let a court d- decide what's constitutional and not not an elected sheriff. Folks, yeah, we have uh, on the line with us, and Ben, I, I appreciate hearing that opinion. We have on the line with us, excuse me, <clears throat> we have on the line with us Sheriff David Clark, retired Milwaukee uh, sheriff, Milwaukee County Sheriff, Wisconsin, and I guarantee you he has not retired. Uh, go check out riseupwisconsin.com. Uh, check it out, and uh, would love to see one of our locals come up with a uh, Rise Up Texas. One of your uh, mission statements is a return to citizen legislators and away from career politicians. Um, I um, I'm all for that. I, that's that, that's the way the founders designed it. Was go to the go do your do some service for a while and then get back to your 
ranch or your farm or whatever it is you were doing in the past, a lot of people believe the solution to that uh, this day, these days is term limits. Um, I, I am on the side of the, that we have term limits every two years or every four years. Tell us what you think about term limits and uh, if you think of that is part of the solution to a return to citizen legislators. Without a doubt, I support term limits wholeheartedly. Look, this was never designed to be a career. You know, you hear people talking about a political career. This is called service. And what happens is if you're in there too long, you forget that it's about the people you serve. You forget about the individual and you start thinking about yourself. And then everything becomes about staying in office. I think that's a big problem uh, with Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, that we don't have term limits at the federal level. Some states have term limits for state officials. It's a state-by-state state thing. Like I said, I'm big on states' rights. But as it, take, as it relates to Washington, D.C., Congress would have to pass that, and they're not going to. They're not going to pass a law, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and eliminate their, their jobs, so to speak. But it's part of the, like I said, the problem in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, people are too comfortable. Big money and special interests uh, keep them in power, keep them voting for things that they want. I'm talking about the special interests and the lobbyists, so on and so forth. And I just think it would be healthier for an, a, 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 a democratic republic that we are. Yes, democratic republic. Read the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the phrase that it guarantees every state, a democratic republic, form of go- republican form of government. Go do your service like you would with the military and then come home and and go back to your daily life. Let some fresh blood get in there. Let some other people step up and serve. When a person's in in an office, for instance, uh, you hear that, you know, a senator or Congress person in there for 20 years. I mean, my gosh, give somebody else a chance, for heaven's sakes, to fulfill their constitutional uh, duty to step up. Their, their responsibility to their community, their state, their you know congressional district or legislative district, and let them go and give them a shot. I think that fresh blood would remind these people what they're there for, and it's to serve, and it isn't to you know have some you know thirty forty year career. Mm, absolutely. All right, we're down to our last minute or so, and uh, so would you speak to our parents again? Give some uh, give some advice to our local parents who are like we mentioned earlier, are worried about what's going on in the school, but at the same time just concerned about being the squeaky wheel or being the, being the noisy one? Yeah, rise up, for heaven's sakes. These are your schools, tax-supported schools. And you have to remind these officials that as well, that, hey, this isn't your school. This is our, this is, these are our schools. These are our children. Build a critical mass of people and then... Go in there and fight. And like I said, if they're not listening, be willing to pound the table. And I'm talking about, you know, um, acting responsibly. But at the same time, if you don't get their attention, um, they're just going to blow you off. Sheriff Clark, it's uh, been a real uh, honor and a pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and joining us on the Matt Long Show. Folks, uh, go to riseupwisconsin.com. Go check out his book, Cop Under Fire. I'm going to have to get you to sign one and send it to me. I'll figure out a way to do that. Sheriff Clark, thank you again, sir. My pleasure. Be well. All right. There you go. Folks, uh, Sheriff David Clark retired uh, from... uh, 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 Wisconsin from Milwaukee uh, County Sheriff and um, 
listen, this guy um, is is waking families up, waking people up, and uh, got a good pattern we can follow coming out of Wisconsin. So y'all go check it out. By the way, I met Sheriff Clark personally a couple of weeks ago at an event when we uh, screened the movie No Time to Run. And uh, when I get back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So y'all stay tuned. We are back. <clears throat> Again, that was Sheriff David Clark. All right, let's try that again. <clears throat> Welcome back. That was Sheriff David Clark. I'm getting some really good texts. Um, people saying uh, he is fabulous. <clears throat> very great, very soft-spoken. Even when visiting with him in person, he's just real... Um, <clears throat> very, very soft-spoken man. And uh, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting to see that fire, but it's a quiet fire. And uh, so we uh, we really appreciate that. All right, give me a second. Here. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. Woo, got the froggies bad this morning. Um, so we mentioned the fact that I m- met um, Sheriff Clark in person, got my picture with him. Um, a few weeks ago, and he was over in uh, New Braunfels, and we were showing the movie No Time to Run. Had George Washington there, all kinds of uh, great characters that day, and had a good time. And uh, so the movie No Time to Run is uh, available now. It is available at Amazon. It's also available at, on DVD. I'd like to see you go out and purchase that movie. Um, and we are planning and working, and it is still very much in the uh, rough uh, planning areas. Um, but we're looking at uh, presenting this, bringing this movie into uh, the Hill Country, into uh, Kerrville, Fredericksburg area. I know a lot of you uh, made the drive over to New Braunfels a few weeks ago when we showed it there. But um, we're working on bringing it here, and... Um, I've, uh, I have actually gotten the opportunity, also I met um, um, George Washington, Mr. Collins, Mark Collins, um, at that event, and uh, kind of, um, we followed that up with a couple of phone calls, and I've gotten to visit with uh, Mr. Uh, George Washington, and uh, there may even be, uh, I don't know, we're talking a little bit about of a discussion, uh, just uh, George Washington and Ben Franklin sitting down at the uh, table and having a discussion so um those are some things that are in the works and uh go check out no time to run uh the movie and uh, look it up you can find it and um you can order that movie buy that movie but uh, when we bring it to town um it's going to be a special showing and uh, we're looking forward to that uh sometime soon and um, I'm telling you, parents, 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 time to get involved. Um, uh, let's switch over to HEB for a little bit because it's kind of interesting because uh, the uh, story has kind of gotten twisted. You know, HEB, uh, the founder of HEB had, um, had, had financed and advertised uh, some drag queens story hour type of stuff. And, uh, and, and all of this, this event happened it's already happened, and uh, 
then um, the story came out yesterday that someone realized that as going back online and looking at these events that have already happened, they realized that the name HEB had come off of there. All the other companies that had sponsored those, were the names were still on there. Now, so someone sent me a text and said, great news, HEB is backed off of the drag screen core, drag, drag, yeah, that, you know what I'm talking about, that HEB had backed off of that. No, folks, what they're doing is trying to hide their involvement in that. That's what they're trying to do is hide their involvement in that by removing their name and their logo from uh, the, uh, the the record of uh, that event that has already occurred. So um, it's uh, kind of interesting that they're uh, trying to run from this now that they um, now that it's all uh, now that it's all passed uh, and people are starting to stand up and raise cane with them. Um, they're uh, they're backing off. They want uh, they want to change history. Pretend that. Uh, they did not, um, you know, that they did not participate in this. Um, I've had a number of people who have wanted to organize a protest at uh, HEB um, uh, here in the Hill Country. And um, if you've listened to me any length of time, I don't think, I personally do not believe that protests um, um, from our side are very, I don't know, I just don't see them as being uh, productive. Um, because no matter how we behave or what we do during our protests, the the media and the public is so against us that they'll paint it all terribly. Give you an example of that. We um, um, I don't read the uh, I do not buy the local paper. Um, I have people who will take pictures of the uh, articles that they think are important to me. I won't spend the buck and the whatever it is these days, a buck and a quarter. Listen, if I had birds, I would find something cheaper to line my bird cage than that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, apparently um, there was a letter to the editor talking about how rude that the, um, the counter-protesters were at the uh, Beto um, gathering uh, last Wednesday. It just amazes me. It just amazes me. First, the, the, uh, the editor of the paper was there. Mr. Cook was at that event. He saw who behaved and how they behaved. And for him to run a letter to the editor that says we were the rude ones, that we were uh, making trouble, that it, it, it is so freaking dishonest. It is so dishonest. I'm telling you what, the Fredericksburg not so standard newspaper is now they're they're going beyond just not reporting certain things all right you know you can slant the news by what you don't report um they're i think they're even going beyond just not reporting certain things i think they're now to the point where they're just making stuff up whoever wrote that article the original the article uh, that went out online uh, a week for, yeah, a week ago from today put down that there were uh, between 800 and 1,000 Beto supporters. Listen, you publish that in the newspaper, 800 to 1,000, you write that responsibly in a newspaper, that was a flat-out bald lie. That wasn't a miscount. It wasn't like there was 720 people there and they stretched it to 800. All right? No, they doubled, at least doubled 
the number of people there. In fact, it was so ridiculous that uh, a friend of mine, after seeing that online last Thursday, when the not-so-standard uh, newspaper came out with that article online, um, he actually called the uh, park and said, um, I'm considering uh, renting out the, uh, the uh, pavilion there. Um, what is the, uh, uh, what, you know, how, how many people will it hold? And uh, they told him, well, if everybody is standing, if you want a standing room only event, you can probably squeeze 500 in there. All right. So that was a simple phone call, a simple phone call that someone who's not even a journalist doesn't claim to be a journalist, doesn't, is not the editor of a paper, right? Uh, was able to make the phone call. So how responsible is a newspaper editor who will print a story that says between 800 and 1,000 people were in a room that will barely hold 500? What does that tell you about the editor of that newspaper? Did he not check his facts? Well, that's not good if you're going to be writing a paper. And then, you know, when it comes to all of this, uh, and I haven't seen yesterday's, I'm sure there's some junk in it from yesterday, but someone will send me something out of it today, I'm sure. But the idea that he's been talking about and spreading this story about the harassment of, of uh, county officials in Gillespie County and, and all those stories he ran, you know, not once did he mention that they have all been taken to court sued that the that this suit has been going on for now for a couple of years and that the trial is actually going to start here in October did he put any of that in there that these guys are all going to be on trial here in a little bit he didn't put any of that he told all kinds of stories in there bald-faced lies about 800 to a thousand and 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 harassing the good citizens who have been poll watchers right for the last few years calling us the problem right and not even reporting that a lawsuit had been filed several years ago and that the and that the 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 trial is coming up that it had enough weight that they're actually going to have a trial you know if it was a bad lawsuit it would have got dismissed a long time ago but it wasn't and it's solid and come october all the lies and all the mis disinfor or lack of information disinformation and misinformation coming from our local newspaper will be exposed because i will be I will be going to that trial. I, I, I don't even know where it's going to be held, but uh, I'm going to do my best to be in attendance and, um, and bring you the firsthand story from there. So right now, let's get back to our conversation with uh, Sheriff Clark when we talked about raising your kids and they will not depart. And that is one of the, one of the things, that's a biblical principle that the progressives are grabbing onto. They know better than us that you raise a child and that they will not depart from that path. Folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and uh, we'll see y'all manana. <laughs> 